This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. My guest is also the deputy chairperson at the Commission for Gender Equality. I also know her to be development economist at the university, at the Stellenbosch University. So uh, many hats there. Dr. Antavisang Muliko, good morning. Thank you so much and a very good morning. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for making the time. I mean, uh, we read with interest your article, Essay Must Put Women at the Center of Economic Recovery there. I mean, you are tracing quite a disastrous state in which uh, women find themselves in and that as the poverty levels tend to escalate, uh, women are the ones who are most acutely affected by the underperformance of our economy. Perhaps uh, give us a bit of a background. I mean, you also talk about the fact that uh, this economy was in crisis before COVID-19. There was a recession that we were dealing with already. Uh, Just take us a bit there and how much uh, COVID-19 has further impacted on women in South Africa. Okay, so I'll just go into uh, some of the issues that you've raised now. I think one key aspect that uh, we must just accept is that based on the outcomes measured by various indicators, so an example being um, output, annual output, GDP, measure of employment levels, uh, you see the Gini index or the level of poverty, inequality. These are the uh, indices, some of the indices that point to the health or what I call the performance of the economy. Mm. Um, So at the Commission for Gender Equality, I'm, I'm, I'm rep, which I'm representing today, uh, one of the key aspects is dissecting various economic or various policy imperatives, various uh, legislative imperatives, understanding and dissecting that in terms of impact and performance for gender equality. And an aspect primarily is the dispro- disproportionate uh, challenges that women face across different subsectors, but particularly economic participation. Mm. So what we find is, generally speaking, South Africans are worse off. When you look at economic output, we've had a contraction of that negative 7.2% last year. When we look at employment levels, we've had a contraction of 1.4 million. Mm. What we see, though, when you look at the statistics, immediate impact of COVID, for an example, the first wave of COVID and the first uh, uh, lockdown, we saw two-thirds of job losses impacted women. But then we saw on the back end only a third of uh, support mechanisms through the temporary employment relief schemes, the grants actually went to women. So just looking at the recovery and the impact, you find that the impact disproportionately affects women, but also the recovery, uh, employment, and the other grants that are actually uh, directed to deal with the effect of the COVID is not necessarily to the same extent. Uh, So this further drives economic exclusion, but also the lack of access to some of the existing economic, um, I'd say, tools further affects women adversely. So Taking a gendered view on the economy is quite an, a, a different way of looking at the economy. I think the other aspect that I want to uh, come in with is that if you look at the labor market, uh, we see that the labor force, what we call the labor force participation rate, yes. primarily looking at the number of people that are working, the employability in the working age population, 
there's always been in South Africa a differentiation between gender uh, and race, and primarily rural versus urban. So what you find is that, generally speaking, the uh, labor force participation rate in your urban areas, such as the Western Cape, I'll make an example, is like is much higher than your non-urban areas by almost 10 to 12 percent. So Western Cape has about 64 uh, percent uh, labor force participation rate. This means that the working age population, those between 15 and 64, mm. the proportion of those working is much higher than those that are not working in other provinces. If yes. you go to the Northern Cape and Eastern Cape, it's at 52, 54 percent. So you see that if you go to the KwaZulu-Natal non-metro, i.e. the rural areas, it's yeah. 43%. So you find that there's a difference there. But another dimension, you find that the racial dimension is there. Africans have a 55% vis-a-vis the 64% average. And then you find that women have even a lower uh, participation rate uh, vis-a-vis um, the general population. And it's about 12% difference. So you find that these dynamics in the labor market alone are not necessarily dealt with sufficiently. So mm. again, you look at another indice, uh, poverty. Uh, we understand that 51%, the Stats A poverty, living in poverty measure, uh, does an analysis. And, and, and the last analysis showed that ne- uh, lower bound and upper bound poverty in South Africa is a problem, but there is a higher proportion of women or females living in poverty than men. Mm. And, and again here, there is a dimension speaking to the effect of the uh, economic outcomes. And there's a lot of factors that uh, are drivers to this. But just looking at the key economic indicators, you can see that generally speaking, uh, women are harder hit uh, than men. And then lastly, informal sector participation is usually something that we see women on the main uh, participating and being at the forefront. But we're actually seeing a contracting and we're actually seeing now Surprisingly, more men are participating in the informal labor market, particularly the non-agricultural sector, uh, than women, which is concerning. In, in fact, so I, I, I do want you to ex- taken by men. I do want mm. you to expand a bit, Dr. Muleko, there because I actually wanted to go there, where you talk about, you know, the informal economies such as street trading of food, clothing mm. and accessories, and street side hairdressing. These have long been protective enclaves for women who struggle to enter the formal economy. If women are being displaced even in this sphere of livelihood generation, then where are women uh, being discarded to in our society? Yes, so firstly, this is precarious work. When I say precarious work, it means that uh, there is very little benefits. One of the characteristics of informal work is that you don't have things like medical aid. You don't have the security of pension funds and so forth. The second aspect is precarious in that there is no consistency of income or, or income that wages that you would get Absolutely. it's dependent on the revenue that you generate and there are no savings that, that you generally make uh, to make sure if you don't work a day then you have some income to draw from economic shocks like yeah. covid yeah. that put regulations to say you can't operate particularly hitting hard on uh, informal sector because formal businesses operating malls are open uh, but you'll find that depending on bylaws and rigidity of laws uh, some informal spaces are actually closed off uh, 
unable to operate, particularly uh, in, the, in, in the previous gazettes, uh, we found that informal gazettes were removed, closed off, unable to operate due to the regulations. There was no accommodation for them. So you found that these are hardest impacting women. So the, the precariousness, the un, inability of consistent outcomes, and even then you find that some of the relief schemes don't necessarily uh, speak to uh, those in this work. So mm. It's very concerning that across all sectors, even those that were primarily the enclave of, of, of women, low-paid uh, income that, that are inconsistent, you're finding they're having more difficulty uh, actually operating. And so they have to be, I think, what we need to look at is what can be done, yeah. uh, particularly going forward to try and quell this. But I think it's an economic question of how do you improve the entire economy, the economic outcomes, because we operate within the South African ecosystem. We operate within uh, the current economic recovery plan. We operate within those economic policy drivers that are in place now that are not yielding results yeah. that we want to see as South Africa. So within that, they've got to be, my view is that they've got to be targeted interventions that try to improve and alleviate some of the structural outcomes that prevent access to factors of production, We are going to come to those. My guest is the Deputy Chairperson okay. at the Commission for Gender Equality, Dr. Ntabiseng Muliko. We're looking at an article that she wrote, I think about last week, um, SA must put women at the center of economic recovery. If you want to put a quick question to her, while I have her on the line, 0861-987-000 is the line to dial as we are about to look at some of these uh, you know, uh, possible solutions that we probably have to tackle. And I mean, Dr. Muliko, one of the things that you lament uh, in that article is the fact that we are often told that uh, policies are not the problem. And you are saying that uh, uh, the challenges uh, that we face, if somebody suggests that the challenges that we face do not require an alternative policy reform path, uh, then that is severely misconstrued. Uh, That suggestion would be severely misconstrued. And most people will often tell you, no, we have all the policies, they are good, they are working well, but you are drawing also from heterodox non-governmental organizations, commentators and economists to arrive at the question of what is required from the National Treasury to transform the growth trajectory of South Africa. Perhaps let's look into some of those in terms of what is it that needs to be done and if you are saying, you know, this economy is gendered, how then do we make sure that we put women, as you say, that the fate of women would be the fate of us all? I think it was the OECD study, uh, probably about what now, 2014, 2013, if I'm not mistaken, which was actually trying to show um, the improvements, even in GDP, if you actually make sure that there's greater participation of women in the economy. Absolutely. So what needs to be done? I think one, I think without us accepting that our economic strategy and our economic outcomes are not yielding outcomes, we'll remain in this problem. We'll remain with 11.4 million unemployed South Africans. Mm. We'll remain with 3.1 million discouraged work seekers. We'll remain with the large majority of our youth, 73%, 74% actually unemployed. We'll remain with the contraction of your gross fixed capital formation and your business confidence. Um, we'll remain with the industrialization. So the first thing, we've got to accept that the economic outcomes we have now are failing. They are not performing. Until we accept that, the economic policy imperatives of the last uh, two decades, two and a half decades, have led us here. Mm. And because of the fact that they've led us here, it is perhaps time then to review those. And that's the first point is that 
statistics and data are showing us that all the indices point to various uh, uh, increase in Gini coefficient, increase in inequality, a failure to deal decisively with poverty, mm. and also economic improvement generally in terms of most economic indices. That's number one. So we've got to accept that uh, we haven't performed. Unless you accept that you haven't performed and changed the path that you're on, you're unable to, unlikely to change the outcomes. That's number one. I think the second is the context that we're in now is what are we going to to do to not only get out of the uh, economic shock of COVID with 7.2% contraction, but also to stimulate future aggregate demand, household and business. And I think the, the, the interventions that we've put in place in the last six to six to nine months haven't yielded sufficient outcome. We haven't seen uh, GDP and employment and economic production in terms of the subsectors uh, improving to the extent that uh, we are quelling not only the 1.4 million less employed South Africans from last year, uh, but the previous pre-COVID recession uh, that we had. So what then do we do? I think there are uh, issues that we can take to to the fore. I think... um, one, we've got to stimulate household and aggregate uh, b- demand. We've got to expand agricultural and industrial production, mm. localize uh, manufacturing. Uh, we've got to look at how do we increase labor productivity in labor-absorptive sectors. And I think this is where uh, the state and the arm of the state is very critical in terms of policy. So when, we, when I say that policy needs to be reviewed, we've got various policies in the economic cluster that look at manufacturing, that look yeah. at industrial productivity over the last 25 years, but we are deindustrializing despite this. We have seen subsectors are contracting despite this. We've seen the employment intensity contracting despite this. So what I'm saying is the results are showing us the performance of those policies is not sufficient for the problem that South Africa has. Therefore, we need to do things differently. And so my proposal is uh, looking at how do we look at labor-absorptive sectors? Mm. How do we have a decisive economic strategy that targets the youth, uh, that looks at programs that are not necessarily expensive, but expand and use existing fiscus uh, to try to absorb the large majority of our discouraged work seekers at a community level, but also the unskilled, um, and look at dealing with the labor market bias that South Africa has. Mm. I think the second thing is looking at how do we deal with the both the dualism of the economy. This is where you find targeted support needs to go to and directed at women, particularly the the informal sector, uh, where you have many of your interventions are targeted and get towards your uh, subsectors that are in the formal economy. So you'll see with the tax rebates, you'll see with the uh, various, the 200 billion that was offered for your uh, banking sector with the 500 billion. But none of that is going to your informal sector to the extent that it needs to. And in fact, even from the formal sector, the uptake has been quite disappointing, to tell the yes. truth. I mean, we're looking at uh, just less than 10% of that has Absolutely. been taken up. Uh, but before I let you go, very big one, I know, but you, I mean, that statement, 136 years to close the global gender gap as per the World Economic Forum, that's quite huge and it's clearly something that much more needs to be done because it can make women, while they're in work, to be quite in precarious positions because of the short change, uh, because they are being shortchanged in their income. Yes. So that looks at this issue of the gender pay gap. Uh, It looks at educational attainment, the health and the participation of women in the economy. So that's an indice that the World Economic Forum uh, outlines and measures Mm. every year. South Africa uh, fares very poorly in that 
that we, we refer, I, I'd say we, we focus on where we do well. And, and you'll find that from the, in terms of the performance on the political industry, i.e. political empowerment, yeah. uh, we don't fare too badly. But mm. on health, on education and on economic participation, especially economic participation, South Africa fares very, fares very poorly um, in that regard. So I think our focus, uh, globally speaking, you're seeing that because of COVID, uh, the, the close in the gap has increased now uh, because of the worsening effects globally on COVID. It's, it's going to affect the performance of most economies. Uh, but I think that it's worsening those who are already on the, on the, I'd say, the bottom tier. Yeah. Um, and po- particularly South Africa needs to look at what then must we do going forward to try and okay. deal with the underdevelopment. And I think these are some of the key issues. So Dr. we have a long way to Dr. go. Dr. And Maliko, let's, let, let's leave it there. It's all I have time for this morning. But thank you so <laughs> much for joining us and just unpacking part of that uh, wonderful article that you wrote. Thank you for having me. Okay. Deputy Chairperson at the Commission for Gender Equality, Dr. Ntabiseng Muligo, taking us through what uh, was an article written, SA must put women at the center of economic recovery. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.